a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, earlier today, Beto O'Rourke announced that he will run for governor of the state of Texas. This will be a uh, try number three for uh, Mr. O'Rourke. Of course, he was a member of the House of Representatives, uh, really launched onto the national scene uh, by challenging Republican Senator Ted Cruz in a uh, fierce battle there in the state of Texas. Uh, During that campaign, Beto O'Rourke raised over $80 million for a Senate race. $80 million. Ted Cruz, on the other hand, actually only raised $45 million. So he almost doubled uh, that, uh, and yet he did not win that race. Uh, O'Rourke uh, did not defeat Senator Cruz. It uh, wasn't long after that that uh, Beto O'Rourke took that popularity and that uh, momentum uh, from the Democratic Party and launched a presidential run, uh, where he also raised millions of dollars and was the front runner for a season. Uh, of course, remember that was a very crowded uh, twenty-one candidate field, and uh, everyone kind of got their turn to be the front runner for a week or two. Uh, before spinning out. Uh, and so the question to me on this is is not questioning Beto O'Rourke's motives, but questioning all of us in terms of what are we looking for in candidates. Uh, we've seen over and over those who just are perpetually running for office uh, that seem to have a bigger vision of themselves in office than a vision for what they can do to serve the people. Uh, and in every election cycle, whether that's presidential or municipal, it's always important to realize that as voters, guess what, folks? Uh, we don't get what we pay for in elections. We actually end up paying for what we get. And as voters, we generally get what we deserve. And so it is high stakes. We are rolling into a big election year in 2022. Uh, so they are high stakes. And we shouldn't be pulled into the latest polling number or swayed by a lot of the political spin of the day. But the sad thing to me, the challenging thing for all of us, is in the media-driven social media world, uh, so much of us uh, get distracted. We never really get the opportunity to sit down with a candidate and ask the questions that we would have of a candidate. Uh, The good news and the important news for all of us is that we actually don't have to sit down with the candidate. We just need to sit down with ourselves and actually ask a few questions of what is it exactly that we are looking for in an elected leader. So I'm going to remind you of a few of these today. Uh, again, coming off of the Beto O'Rourke announcement, uh, who again has has lost two in a row uh, and still seems to be swinging, but it's the way that he's swinging uh, that troubles me the most. But it makes me think about all those that we send and the questions we should be asking ourselves as we look at candidates. So here's the first question. How is this candidate positioned to show real political courage? 
Uh, There's way too many in politics today who can't begin to contemplate losing an election, let alone consider what they would do outside of elected office. Uh, If the candidate's consumed with holding on to whatever power they have amassed, and if each decision gets based on extending or holding on to that political power, guess what? It is impossible for them to demonstrate real courage. I mean, can you really trust someone whose every move, every vote, every message is going to be consultant certified and poll tester approved? Another way to think of it is whether or not this candidate is willing to be a, quote, one-termer in order to do the right thing. Are they willing to stand up even though it may cost them the next election? That's the kind of person you want. Question number two, again, these are questions we should be asking ourselves, not candidates. So when you listen to a candidate, where do your thoughts go? It really isn't so much what a candidate says as it is where it takes you. When you listen to the candidate, do you find yourself thinking just about the candidate, their story? Or can you find yourself thinking about your life, your family, your future, how this impacts your day-to-day world? Uh, Do your thoughts go towards feelings of fear and frustration and conflict uh, or towards solutions and possibilities? So where does the candidate's words lead you? That's an important question to ask. Third question you should be asking yourself is, what is this candidate for? You've heard me talk about this in the past. We know what the candidate is against. So don't tell me that. Tell me what you're for. Give me a vision of what you are going to fight for, not what you're going to fight against. I get that. I know that. But tell me what you're for. Uh, It's that kind of vision that I want to hear. Fourth question Does the candidate talk in generalities or specifics? I think this was one area where Beto O'Rourke really struggled. He was great at sweeping generalities. He was great at big, grandiose idea stuff. But he never talked about specifics. Uh, And often, from one election cycle to the next, his message was incredibly different. Uh, Second Amendment comes to mind in terms of how he was positioned uh, during his Senate race versus where he went in terms of his presidential race. Fifth question for you to think about is, is the candidate more concerned about making friends or keeping promises? Obviously, a lot of politicians uh, became become way too eager to uh, go along to get along. A uh, deal for the sake of a deal is not a good deal, by the way. Uh, real friends tell you the truth. That's what you want in an elected official. Real leaders tell you the truth, even when it's hard, especially when it's hard, uh, without sugarcoating it, uh, without compromising on it. So... Those are some major questions we should be asking. Here's a couple others, just as a, a bonus. Uh, here's This is one of my favorite questions. How would this candidate continue to make a difference in the world if they lost the election? Not what would their next job be to make a dollar, but what would they do in the world to make a difference? Are they more worried about what's right or who's right? Do they spend more time talking about their opponent or do they spend more time talking about their own ideas? Are they driving wedges Or are they building bridges? What are they doing? And so as we look at these announcements, and of course there'll be a lot of announcements in the the coming weeks and months as we roll into the 2022 election cycle, remember, you may not have an opportunity to sit down and ask a candidate questions, but that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is for you to sit down and ask yourself questions about the candidate. So again, How is the candidate positioned to show courage? When you listen, where does your mind go? 
Do they lead you towards thoughts of the candidate or thoughts of your life? What are they for, not what they're against? And do they talk in generalities or specifics? We can ask ourselves better questions, and we will get better leaders. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today here on KSL News Radio. And as always, as you go out into the world, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.